0: Uh. <laughs> I'm serious, what do you think?
1: Well, hello, everybody, welcome to the eleventh episode of Brewers, brought to you by Rizzo Insurance, your go-to brewery insurance needs. This week, I was joined by the overlord himself and 18th Street owner, Drew Fox. We did this one at the 18th Street Brewery in the distillery, and um, we don't usually do a mobile, um, but because he's running, it seems like, 500 different businesses inside of what he's doing with the opening of Sour Note Brewing and his distillery and his... uh, both locations in Hammond and Gary for the brewery side of things. Um, It just seemed like the easiest way to fit into his schedule. And uh, we talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about his vision of 18th Street and uh, his background in brewing with Pipeworks and how that kind of inspired him to do more and um, how important protecting his brand is. I know the conversation went about a little over 30 minutes, I think 35, something in that range. It's an awesome time and I really want to thank him for giving us the opportunity to talk. I know he doesn't do interviews very often so we definitely appreciate it. So that interview with Drew Fox starts now. One of the questions I really wanted to ask too is um, just from like the, the side of like, it's rare to start a brewery in Gary, Yeah. right? Yep. And so what was like your, your background and why, why there in particular in that Miller Beach area?
2: Well, I lived in Gary at the time and um, I sent my kids to Bishop Nell here in Hammond um, and there was just what I thought a lot of um, uh, pipe dreams that would be thrown around from the administration. It's like, oh, we're going to do this. Oh, we're going to build that. And then the citizens got excited about it and then it was like poof, it just went away. And um, when I was working at Pipeworks. I was like, oh, I, I can build this brewery in Chicago, I can do it. Uh, we looked heavily at Pelsen, couldn't do it, and I kept thinking about it, I was like, it's going to cost me all this money to open a brewery in Chicago, and I was like, it's got to be, you know, where I live, and uh, there is no brewery in Gary. No. you see, you saw all the other places getting love for opening a brewery, um, you know, in the neighborhoods, and I was like, I just got to do it, you know, and, and. Um, So, you know, 2010 was a year I took it serious and said, hey, I got to do this and just didn't really know that many people in Gary, per se, Um, but I went out and pounded the streets and met people and told my vision um, and what I wanted to do. Um, And I met Gary Goldberg. Uh, He is the owner of Miller Pizza um, on Lake Street. He's probably one of the oldest businesses there. We're second owners business. there have been there 20 plus years. I met him at uh, uh, Tesla Cigar. It was a cigar shop in Chicago, and the owners, Chris, um, uh, and his brother, uh, tried to get Goose Island and, and come in and pour beer, you know, for a cigar smokers. Really popular cigar shop. Um, and I went in one day, smoked cigars with my buddy, and he's like, "Hey, my buddy is opening a brewery, and he's homebrewing right now." And they're like, yeah, dude, you should come on like a Tuesday. It was a Wednesday and a Friday and just you know, give away beer, you know, and people would tip you out. First fucking Tuesday, it was busy as hell. It was like, I took one keg, done. You know, then the Friday I took one keg, done. Um, And people were like catching on to it. And so Gary Goldberg came in with his son and a few friends of his. And he's like, hey man, where you opening your brewery at? And I was like, Gary, Indiana. He's like, get out of town. And I was like, "Yeah," um, and he says, "I own a business in in uh, Gary Miller Beach." And I was like, "Yeah, I know where it's at." And so we started talking. And He says, "Man, hey, you should shop the street and see what you can find." And we did for quite a bit. And um, Gary's son was running the business at the time. And uh, he said, "Hey, man, there's a cleaners across the street. That thing could be perfect for you guys. You guys should check it out." So it was a cleaners. It was a cleaners before that. Crazy. It was a print shop and a cleaners, and. Uh, so I don't know how we got a holy owner, um, but somehow we got a holy owner. And me and my uh, former wife went in and looked at the spot, and it was like just, this, it's all right. <laughs> and so I just remember being at home and just like oh, I'm gonna keep looking, and she's like, no, that's that is the spot. And I was like, what's so special about that spot? And she's like, think about it. You're right there by the train station. Yep. You have a corner lot, and it's right across from the tracks, so everyone is going, um, uh, everyone's going past that building every day. And I was like, all right, cool. And so we signed the lease. Um, it was a lot of part of, uh, I want to say 2012, we signed the lease on that Crazy. building. Crazy,
1: and yeah. you mentioned something about your vision. What was that early vision?
2: Really was, I felt that uh, Garrett needed something other than a pipe dream and I knew craft beer can really uh, bring people together in a community because you got to remember you know Miller Beach and Gary it's a divisive uh, uh, city you know people think Miller Beach is not a part of Gary which it is Gary yeah um, And it's had for years and maybe decades you know racial tension um, and I was like well you know Craft beer knows no race, knows no boundaries. Yep, and I go, you know, this will be a great place for to have people come in and just chat and chill out. Um, and it was. I mean, it was. I think uh, it was the only brewery in the history of that city, um, and we were the first, I and mean, we were the first to put Gary on a map when it came to craft beer, because other than that. What else are you coming to Gary for?
1: I had no reason to go to Gary. And I'm living in Crown Point. Yeah. And for me, it was like straight up 65 on 20. And so it was like super convenient. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, at the time, too, that's what's crazy about it is is like now people see 25 breweries and 25 square miles. But at that time period, you're talking about what? You're the fifth or sixth at uh, that point? Because At
2: you, that point, we were... Shoreline, Crown, Three, shoreline, Floyd, Crown, three Floyds. Floyds. Figure eight, maybe? Yeah, figure eight. So we were the fifth, actually. The fifth? Yeah. Well, if you want to Northwest Indiana proper, yes, we were the fifth, but Burnham actually got their permit before we did, so they would have been number five, so we would technically
1: be number six. And there was that place in Hobart that closed down, right? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, really? I do, but, you know. Oh, okay.
2: (laughs) Okay. That was a a yeah. Poop moment.
1: Well, it's crazy because you can be <clears throat> two ahead of the curve, you know. Yep. And I, I, I was—that's one podcast I'd love to have too, just to kind of see where, where that all thing, would yeah. happened there. You know, it's all good. Um, yeah. So, uh, the other thing too is while we while we got you here, um, kind of going through your background because Pipeworks is dope. Yep. Right. And I know when I have got a buddy of mine who owns a brewery in uh, New York, and that's the, one of the beers they know about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's Pipeworks and it's Three Floyds. And so um, how was that experience there? And did, I think Raven told me before, too, that your actually passion was in this, the, the um, spirits before the brewery, right?
2: Yep. yep. Um, you know, Piper's is an amazing experience. I got to work with, you know, B.J. and Garrett um, and Scotty, um, the owners and founders, um, you know, really just gave me the opportunity to kind of shine with them. They were a young brewery, just on fire. And, you know, they, they learned try by fire. Um, And I was a part of that learning. Um, I got to see a lot of all the positive things, I got to see a lot of the mistakes. I got to see a lot of the the learning curves as business owners they had to go through. Um, And so, you know, while I was working there trying to open up 18th Street, it was a lot to take in. It was a lot to absorb. Uh, But I'm grateful for that learning because you can't can't teach that shit in a book. Period. Uh, Yeah. That was a lot of trial by fire. A lot of learning together, a lot of making mistakes together, um, and at the end of the day making some amazing beers that at that time that no one in the market was making, period.
1: No, I think my first uh, beer that I had from them was the Citra. Citra, yeah. And it was, and it was be like right at the beginning of the craze. You know? it,
2: was, uh, it was fun. I mean, uh, it was a, a lot of people coming in just wanting to be a part of Pipeworks, whether it be volunteering. Um, whether it's be running to go get lunch, whether it's bringing us lunch um, it was it was definitely uh, 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 you know a brewery that was immersed in the culture. it really was there was uh there's no written rule on what we needed to do. we just fucking got
1: it done hell yeah so, man, and you take that to this that same I do. Kind of I took mentality a lot of,
2: you know I t- well, I took a lot of that when I opened the Gary Brew pub uh, because that was still at that height, you know. You know, 2010, 2013 was like the really, in my mind, the peak of uh, craft beer, uh, and I had to learn really fast who we were, what we we're going to do, and what we wanted to be. Um, and so um, I took a lot of that learning curve uh, from pipers and, and put it to my own business. And a lot of that, you know, you know, Garrett was there really pretty much all the way with me through um, the end of 2014. Just you know, coming in every day, we're looking at you know beer recipes, we're looking at you know, build out, buying equipment, and just really kind of holding my hand through it because uh, obviously he knew, he knew what I was going through. Uh, and it was a lot of just saying, hey man, here's what you gotta do. And so I, that advice to me was invaluable and really having him by my side throughout that first year, year and a half was uh, super important.
1: Well, one of the things uh, for me is just an observer, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and my first uh, real contact with 18th Street was at the beer fest, the Crown Beer Fest. I, was, I saw Bert passing the line, and he was just like, you got to go try this shit out and uh, check it out. And it was um, deal, with Deal with the Devil was on tap. Yeah. And that was like the first one I fell in love with. Yeah. Um, and then from there on, I started collecting the stickers, and it just turned into a whole thing. But as an observer, I think it's really fascinating to see the growth, yeah. but at the same time staying true to like the quality and the art- artistry of what you've kind of presented to the public. And so do you want to talk about that at all?
2: Yeah, I, you know, um, I think the important thing for us was really, um, and even now to this day, people walk into our building. You know, this building is 37,000 square feet. It's, it's massive yep. compared to any other um, brewery in the region outside of Three Floyds. This is a, it's a massive building. And so how do you stay true to what you're doing um, and, I, and I'll be the first person to say, you know, the last five years, all we did was build. We just we built, you know, you know a new brewery, uh, a new brew pub, a new distillery, um, a new sour facility. So all that took its toll on, on a lot of us. You know what I mean? Uh, Rich Binger Hepper, who's been here since day one. Um, you know, sometimes you forget, you know, how those little small moments. Um, can make or break you but also humble you in the same way yeah and I you know a lot of people talk about I'm passionate you know I I care about this This is my dream and honestly you you got to be a fucking madman to to really want to do what we do and and do it consistently and and do it uh, not for anything other than what you love doing you know a lot of people get into this business for all the wrong reasons and it's money I mean I can I can sit here and tell you that I have not made as much money as I should make in this business. Um, and if I was only focused on that, then this business would have, would have failed what you would suffered. So the sacrifices that we have to make um, are constant reminders to us that, hey, we can do better, we can be better, uh, no matter what trials and tribulations that we go through, those are things that, that are ingrained in you and those are things that You know either you come to the table with or you just grow in this culture that we have Um, you know it's super important um, for us to look at our roots Um, you know we don't I think when we talk about trends of beers back then I think we were doing beer styles at least in the region that most people weren't doing
1: Um, and you want to name a few um,
2: you know deal with the devil was out of the gate for us the, the biggest juicy you know, IPA yep. that we ever did. Hunter uh, was really the crown jewel um, of our brewery at the time, and I still think it is, um, you know.
1: And there's a lot of alliterations at that, of that absolutely. at this point, it's great.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, the variants that we're doing, I, I think we we hit the ground running with all the variants, um, and I think people were like, holy shit, you know, here comes, here comes another one. Um, you know, we used, used a lot of, um, you know, a lot of fruited beers, uh, we did a lot of stuff like um, Chloe that blood orange in it, um, and then we did Contessa, which is uh, a, a, an anniversary beer we did for Burr Pass and his wife. Uh, sea salt, just black sea salt, things that we yep. you know really kind of. Uh, I come from a food and beverage culture, so we use a lot of those things. Um, so the one thing that we you know you know we do regret is not doing that consistently. Um, And here's why, you know, we spent the last three years building everything you see around us. Um, And that, you know, that takes away from some of the things you want to do fun, uh, but also it's a constant reminder that we're here now um, and it's never too late to kind of go back and and spin that wheel again and, sure. and keep
1: it running. So, And that's crazy to think about because it's, not, it's impossible to be great at everything, but even your average is better than most average, I guess, you know. Yeah. And so it's really just getting stressed so thin, you know, and it's yep. hard to keep that all manageable. And I know we're going to talk a little bit about collaborations too, and this is going to be my lead into it. But yep. um, one of the things that is a staple for you guys is not having a staple in a way. Right. And so where does the kind of philosophy of that come in?
2: You know, we've always said um, – In in year two, um, I've always said I don't want to be a one-dimensional brewery. I think, um, as most business owners know, um, you know, if you're complacent, that can be the depth of your business. Um, And, you know, for us it's fun, um, and we like uh, doing collaborations, um, but those collaborations also have meaning. We just don't collaborate with anyone. We don't, there are a lot of breweries in the region we haven't collaborated with um, for a lot of reasons. Either we don't know them, they don't know us, uh, we don't have anything in common, um, you know. It, it has to feel right for us in order for us to do it. Um, it's not just we're going to put our name or stamp on anything or just, you know, as, as, a, as a, a brewery friend told me, you know, it's brandalism <laughs> for you to put your brand on everything. Um, that doesn't have any meaning um, for you. So, um, you know, we. We brew with people that we have a relationship with, um, who know us.
1: uh, And probably a correlation to your brand, too, right? Absolutely. I mean,
2: you know, there's some people that we talked to for years, and we, you know, uh, tired hands. You know, I met Gene uh, when they won Ray Beer and Pipeworks did, and we've been friends for going on four years. And we didn't brew our first beer until, you know, a couple years after that. We knew of each other. We knew who each other were, and it's just it took time to, to form that relationship. So we. that's what's more important to us is the relationship, not sticking a, a flag on the beer just so you can sell the beer. Um, because at the end of the day that does no one any good. Um, you know, I like to see those same brewers year after year, month after month if I can. Um, so that's how we, we look at collaborations more so than anything. Um, I mean like this month, well this week is the most collaborations we've ever done in yeah. one week. You know, a lot of us leading up to our anniversary, but it's people that we really want to work with um, over the years that we just didn't really have time to do
1: a beer with. So, and speaking of collaborations, we are also joined by another guest, and I don't want to mess up your name and so and your brewery. So, if you would like to just, my name is Inga from Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> And so thanks for joining us too, Inga. That's awesome, man. It was great. To, uh, you got the, the import. This is mainly a, a region podcast, but I think this is an awesome way of an introduction to your brewery too. And so you guys were working on something today. Do you want to talk a little bit about what that is?
0: Yeah, you go ahead. Yeah, he doesn't He does
2: even know what we're working on. Part of it does. <laughs> um, so we met Marcus uh, uh, from Brewski um, at Shelton Fest. I believe it was in St. Pete. Um, I was working in our booth, and my wife went to talk to Mikkel about something, and Mikkel was like, Hannah, you got to try that fucking beer over there. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, and it was uh, Marcus from Brewski. It was a coffee Berliner, which was amazing. No way. And so I was like, holy shit, this beer is good. So I walked over and introduced myself, and we are talking, and um, we had got invited to McKellar Beer Celebration in Denmark, and I was like, hey, am I going to see you in Denmark? And he was like, no, I haven't been invited yet. And I was like, "Watch this!" I was like, "Mikkel, this beer is fucking amazing. You need to invite this guy to uh, CBC." And uh, he was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> um, I do a bad impression of Mikkel, <laughs> um, but it was really funny because I, I thought the beers always beers were solid. They're amazing, and, and sure enough, that year he ended up uh, being at CBC. But um, and ever since then, we hit it off really well. Um, we hung out. At Cigar City, at Hunapu, uh, Marcus came to stay to my house uh, when they came down here two years ago when he first got this building, we brewed uh, two years ago, and uh, he, he is one of the uh, handful of dudes that I know that's generous and humble, um, and and you know they make amazing beers there, um, and they're way ahead of the curve uh, on any other brewery. Um, you know, that does IPAs uh, in Sweden that I I, I think of. So No kidding. So today we're brewing. uh, We've never brewed a milkshake IPA before, so we're doing a milkshake IPA. Interesting. um, Lactose sugar, uh, about 8.5%, vanilla, and we still haven't figured out the fruit yet. It may be passion fruit, maybe strawberry. uh, Who knows yet, but we'll we'll figure it out as time goes on.
1: And And so what's some of the reasons you like to work with Drew, Inga?
0: Well, uh, for a start, it's uh, it's my twin brother's friend, <laughs> helps, and we, we met one hour ago, so yep. we don't go back that, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. That His long, brother gave him other dirt on me. Oh <laughs> no! I, I, I'm I'm Marcus' twin brother. Uh, Marcus is the uh, head brewer, and uh, yeah, uh, the guy who uh, started invented brewski. Yep. So. So you guys
2: are four years old, now, right?
0: Yeah, uh, the is there any
1: is there any distro in the uh, United States for your beer? Excuse me. Is there any distribution for in the United States for yeah, your
0: we, beer? We we are uh, brewing in in Florida right now at Tampa Bay Brewing Company. Yep. Awesome. What,
1: what's your perspective of the region being here?
0: I just came here, man. And, uh, <laughs> actually, I, I I would like to listen to this podcast <laughs> instead of talking. <laughs> you, know, you know, is that possible? Yeah, yes, absolutely. Because this is this is what I. Need to know myself.
1: Remember? Yeah. Oh, do you have aspirations to to start your own brewery potentially? No, 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 no. no. He's got to do all the media shit. You know. He's oh, is that what stuff. it is? Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. I'm learning. Right <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: when can we look out for that collab? Uh, you know, I would say whenever. two weeks, but you know, whenever
2: we got we got a backlog of a collabs right now, so we'll we'll let you know as soon as we know.
1: Anybody else that uh, you want to make a of note for everybody listening to look uh, out for? God. Uh, Arizona Wilderness
2: Um, we're doing a uh, uh, Imperial Porter with them Um, and so uh, who else do we have coming out Um, we just did one Indiana City uh, day before yesterday Um, and we have somebody coming next week I don't know who the hell it is oh Solomon we're going on Solomon doing a beer with them those guys are fun Um, I've known John Barley for a while and Um, It's cool to kind of bust his balls every now and then because we talk shit more (laughs) than a little bit about each other. Um, And then um, I'm going to, uh, oh, and Dan from Meco San Diego is coming down doing FOBAP week. Um, I think we have one more in there. Yeah, I think we have three more lineup. I I don't know off the top of my head. Maybe cool. we should ask Rich. But <laughs> long list.
1: There's one beer in particular I'd love to ask you about sure. because it was one of the most unique beers I've ever tasted. And is it pronounced Kilowit?
2: Um it's actually pronounced Kill-Whitey. Okay, you that's know, what I um, thought it was, but
1: I wasn't sure. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> but it's we, we call it Kilowit. Yeah, because it was Manhattan. spelled
1: what? K-I-L-L-E-W-I-T-T-E or something like that. It was it's like pretty fucked up spelling. <laughs> I was on. Like, uh, I was over at my friend's house in Indianapolis, and I brought a couple bombers down. And they're like, he's like looking at. Me, he's like, this looks like Kill Whitey. <laughs> yeah. So it makes sense. That was one of the most unique beer tastes I've ever had. It almost tasted like Fourth of July. if yeah. that's possible. Yeah. And that is that a one run. Yeah. Was, uh, um, it was our. Uh,
2: so Sam, um, Sam and Jerry, the owners of um, Against the Grain Brewery. Um, they were really also instrumental in just supporting us in any way they could. Um, you know, young brewery, they were a pretty young brewery. And so Sam was like, hey man, let's go down and do this collaboration. He was in town for something and they came by the brewery one night. Um, and he says, well, let's do this beer. And I was like, yeah. And we've never brewed a smoked beer before ever, period. Um, and that brew day was, it was fucking horrible. It was uh, not not, it was horrible because you know, we didn't have a, a grain mill at the time, and so our mill, our grain was supposed to be pre-milled, and it came that morning. Well, we were brewing that morning. We opened the bags, and me and Jerry were like, "Oh fuck!" And it wasn't milled, so we had this little homebrew mill that we had to mill all this pozole and, and smoked <laughs> malt, and it took us like two hours to, uh, to mill this stuff. <clears throat> and um, so we're sitting there talking about names. So I don't know if you know Jerry Nagy. He is, he is one crazy dude that has no filter at all, <laughs> and it went from a lot of derogatory names, um, and uh, he's like, "All right, I got the perfect name," and he writes it on one of the grain bags, and I was like, "Kill Whitey," and I was like, "Dude, you." did you forget I live in the state of Indiana? I go, motherfuckers would burn my brewery down if I put this on the label. He's like, no, it's not Kill Whitey, It's Kilowit. And I was like, dude, I can spell. That's Kill Whitey. And he's like, no, man, it's Kilowit. And so we went back and forth and um, it was like, I just remember like telling Rich, I'm like, man, Someone's gonna burn our shit down. When we put this on the candle <laughs> man, and uh, so we did it anyway. We we thought it was kind of funny, and uh, uh, it, it was uh, it was probably not the beer that we really wanted to put in a bottle, but we thought it was cool. My um, first smoked beer, um, and working with the guys from Against the Grand, It's just uh, they're just man. It's they're fun to work with. Awesome. So. And
1: yeah, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a one of those beers that like you, don't rem- you definitely don't re- forget ever trying. No, i never forget that beer. And there's a distinct flavor in, I think, most of your beers, I would say, that even go across all platforms and all different styles. And um, is that on purpose? And you talked about your brand, and how important is uh, protecting your brand to you?
2: Um, you know, beer-wise, I mean, we, we try to be creative and use different yeast and different hops. You know, that um, goes back to not being a one-dimensional uh, brewery. Um, you know, protecting the other brand is, uh, it's super important. I-, I think, you know, this is something that um, I learned early on, um, you know, from the guys at Free Floyd. It's just, you got to protect protect what's yours um, and, you know, you don't want to be an asshole about it if someone has the same name with you in a different state and they're never going to sell beer across, you know, we're not that type of people. Um, but protecting what we have is, is super important. Um, you know, it's you know, you know the beer in my mind. The beer and the people who work for 18th Street—that is the brand. Not one any label, not one any person is bigger than this company. Um, and that's always been my motto. It's like if you, you know, yeah, I'm I'm the face of the company, but I'm not bigger than any one person in this company. It could be the line cook, it could be the guy in the packaging line, it could be an assistant brewer. Um, And that's something that we've always tried to instill in ourselves and constantly remind ourselves we're not bigger than the other person uh, in this company and you talk about brand that to me is the actual brand itself awesome because that's
1: such a culture absolutely it gives everybody accountability and ownership and that that's insane and you can tell man because you can't grow like this without that right nope Nope. and so looking back at it we're going on your five-year anniversary in december Mm -hmm. um I know there's moments like even starting this in 11 months where it's like you look back on it just kind of like, it's like those trait those like pillar moments. Yep. What are some of those for you? You don't have to go into a oh, ton man. of them, but just a couple.
2: Man, uh, I don't know. I, I um, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I guess for me it's really um, looking at my core team. You know, Rich Mendoza, that guy has been with us since day one. Um, probably, you know one of the hardest people that I I had a chance to work side by side with you know for the first you know three three years uh, into this business Uh, and really to me he's like my brother I mean there's nothing that I wouldn't do for him there's nothing that he wouldn't do for me Um, you know Mike Mendoza you know Rich's brother uh, the guy handles all our distribution um, handles it really well Um, and you know Ed McKernan our CEO um, and you know, those to me you know, are the three you know, main pillars of this company. Those are the people who live uh, and breathe by what we do. Um, you know, by any means, you know, by no means that are we perfect. No, we're not perfect. I think the one thing that we've always said that is that, you know, we rather bleed red um, as a unit than bleed red as one uh, because our survival is so much more greater as a unit than one person Um, and our main pillars uh, of our foundation is really just that you know we're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that we take care of our people uh, make sure that we take care of this company um, and make sure that uh, we take care of our customers I mean if those are some pretty serious pillars you know all the other shit that we Mm -hmm. have to worry about in day to day you know we can get through that you know but that to me is uh, the core of all of our pillars that we uh, that we you know we respect and we
1: hold those values super high. Awesome. Well, um, thanks for coming on. It was awesome, man. I could probably talk. This could be a four parter if having, I wanted yeah. to. Too. Yeah, we probably don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but I know you're a busy guy, and I know you've got a lot of stuff going on. And um, I wanted to say publicly thank you for the. Um, I know Raven hooked us up with that soft open for yep. the distillery. Absolutely. And this is if anybody hasn't been here yet, the distillery spot is sick. Um, i have not made it over sour note yet i think that's where i'd love to go check out next but um, just love i love everything you guys are doing Um, and so keep it up man you've definitely got a fan in us so thank you appreciate it yeah man um anything for people to look out for
2: yeah just our anniversary which is uh december 15th tomorrow we're dropping uh blend which is our um our three part um, blended uh, barrel aged beer Um, and then also i just found what's out this morning we're gonna drop our other half collaboration that we did with Other Half, that's also gonna drop tomorrow as well. So, um, yeah, come out to the anniversary. It's gonna be cool. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, I'm super excited. I'm gonna DJ the anniversary party. Nice. Or try to at least. Um, what kind of music can they expect? You know what? I'm just gonna just fucking let the, you know, hit the button and, you know, and just go see play. what happens. Yeah, see huh? what happens, man. <laughs> you know, my first try at this. Normally we hire Greg from Three Fourage, and I was like, "Hey, you know it's my five year. Let me let me figure out what I can do. I'm sure I'm gonna fuck it up, but who cares?"
1: So come to the five year, you will see Drew on the ones and twos. Yep. And check it out. And where could they find out more about Brewski? Is there any? You have social media platforms everywhere. Let's lock that down. He doesn't want to talk. I'm no, sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, you can find us at Brewski SC. But uh, I mean, just uh, keep an eye open for the the collab we're doing right now. Awesome. And yeah. And me. 18th Street across all
1: platforms? What do you mean all platforms? Social media, Facebook, yep. Twitter, yep. All Instagram, that all yep. that stuff. All right. Yep. Well, thanks again for joining us, man. It's awesome. Thank you, man. Appreciate you.
0: Take I'm La 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 la